So Instagram uses algorithms to arrange pretty much all of its content. As the app has grown, it's really become a necessary solution to the problem of organising millions of images and videos so that people can still have a good experience in the app. And if we're being cynical here, maybe so that Instagram HQ can have some control over what and who finds success within their platform as well. Algorithms are used for all sorts of things outside of Instagram. They're used for car insurance calculations and search engine results, and even what ads you're shown in online browsing. And they tend to be quite clumsy, blunt instruments. They have a high margin of error, but they're cheap, they're efficient, and they increasingly dominate our interactions with technology. So I think it's kind of in all of our interest to get used to how they work, understand the decisions they're making, and figure out how we can best support them in drawing the right conclusions about us. So what the Instagram algorithms control. When we log into our app, we're going to be shown our home feed, and that is a list of fresh posts from the accounts that we have chosen to follow. The order, though, that these posts are presented in, and in some case, whether a post makes it onto that screen at all or not, is all determined by an algorithm. So a high score within that algorithm puts you nearer the top and more likely to be seen, and a low score means you'll be stuck somewhere way down at the bottom. And as most people follow quite a lot of people and don't generally stick around long enough in the app to scroll all the way to the bottom of their home feed, our aim as creators is always to try and rank highly enough to be somewhere in the first few scrolls. So understandably, the finer details of how it all works are a closely guarded secret. But Instagram have clearly told us what their system is programmed to look for whenever it's scoring these posts. They call it quality and relevance. And so that is what we have been learning here together. The content you've been creating in this class should already be ticking all of the boxes and scoring highly on both counts. The best quality imagery you can create and the best captions and stories, knowing your audience and knowing what is and isn't relevant to them and then sharing things that are going to fit right in. So then the final piece of that puzzle that we're going to be doing this final week is noticing what works and what doesn't and slowly getting better at predicting what's going to gain us that very top score. I think really the first key to getting along with the Instagram algorithms is just to get your head around what they're looking at and why. So Instagram's aim is to push the posts that each individual user is most likely to enjoy to the top of that person's unique feed. So the algorithm is delivering different results for absolutely everyone. The way it does this is by gathering information about every single one of us based on our app history, the things we look at, the things we search for, the things we comment on, and then it makes certain and often quite sweeping assumptions about us as a result. So content scoring highly for women with young children, say, will probably not be shown to teenage boys because it's going to assume that if one likes it, the other doesn't. That's an example I've made up, but I think it kind of illustrates the point. So more than ever, it's really important to know and understand who our audience is and create something with them in mind. And we know with Facebook's algorithm, it takes into account literally hundreds of factors. So we're never going to be able to create things that just tick the boxes of the algorithm. We need to be working in these general areas of these are the people I'm creating for. These are the things that work for me. These are the things that resonate and keep repeating what works. I'd say there's three key things you need to focus on. This lesson used to have a ton more things in it, a lot more information about the tiny specific things we know that do and don't work within the algorithm. And what I found was actually 
most of that wasn't helpful. Most of it became stuff that we trip ourselves up over or people would worry unnecessarily over or it just wasn't actionable. So I've boiled it down to the three things that we can actually control and the three things that are actually helpful to us. The first one is engagement with the very first sample of users. So I'm going to simplify this just so it makes sense. Let's say Instagram decides to show 10% of your audience a new post that you've just put up. That's kind of a made up number, so don't repeat that to anybody. It's a little bit more complex than that, but essentially that's what we're dealing with. And it then uses that 10% response to the post as a measure for who else to show the post to and how much to show it to other people, i.e., It uses the 10% response to gauge the quality and the relevance of your post. So if it scores really highly with people that Instagram knows like crafting, for example, it might decide to show it to more people who really like crafting in your audience. And if it scores relatively poorly with one group or maybe with quite a lot of groups, it might decide the content is a low priority, i.e. not high quality and relevance. And so slide it down to the bottom of people's home feeds where it will get missed. So what creates a high score here? It's just audience engagement. Specifically, it's things like meaningful comments, not just one word, not just an emoji, but a novel sentence that someone's actually taken the time to write. It's time spent reading or looking at your post. So reading the caption, studying the image, zooming in, replying to comments that other people have left on it and continuing the conversation. It's click, so if someone sees it as a thumbnail on explore and decides to go and look at the full thing. And it saves, it shares, and probably least importantly, but still really significant, it's likes. And this is why we create content with engagement in mind, with an audience in mind, with click appeal in mind, with generating responses, all of that stuff that we've been working on all over these weeks, because it's so crucial to playing nicely with the system we're working with them. The second key factor is recent engagement. So we know that anyone who has recently engaged with you is much, much more likely to see your post somewhere near the top of their feed. That engagement could be a DM in the last few days, or maybe they left you a comment on your live when you spoke to them. Maybe they've replied to your stories or posts. Maybe they've interacted with some of those stickers and stories that we talked about or liked some of your old posts or saved some of your content. Maybe they've tagged you or shared one of your posts with a friend, any of those kind of things. Searching for somebody by name in the search bar seems to count too, if you follow them. Of course, if you don't, their post won't show up in your home feed, but it may well start to crop up on your explore. Broadly speaking, the more people who fall into this category of having recently engaged with you, the more people there are who will see your next post. And the more relevant those people are, the more they're your right people that you've been engaging with and vice versa, the more likely they are to come and engage with this next post that they see. And that's going to bump it up in the algorithm. It's going to increase their own chances of seeing your next post again, as well as increase your visibility for other people. This is how we can start to build kind of a domino effect, kind of like a winning streak where we can build on each successful post. And sometimes we will fall into a short spell of the opposite, kind of a losing streak too, where it begins to feel like nobody is seeing us at all. But we're always only ever one post away from digging ourselves out of that hole. This is where, by the way, you might occasionally see those panic posts that people put where it says something like, Instagram, I've got a new policy. They're not going to show you any of my posts unless you reply with the word yes underneath this post. And they get a ton of comments. And the theory is sound, like, Getting everyone to comment should increase the likelihood of that post reaching more of their followers and it should mean that everyone gets to see their next post too. 
but it's kind of like a plaster over a bigger problem. If your audience aren't seeing your posts, it's because whatever you're sharing isn't grabbing their interest, it's not sparking engagement, it's not working. And forcing them to leave low-value comments like the word yes with nothing else isn't going to fix that. So maybe it will mean they see your next post, but they're going to skip over that next post the same way they've been skipping over all your other content, and you're going to be right back where you started again. So whenever I see people share those posts, I want to hug them because I understand the panic. But I also want to say to them, just post something that gets you some real replies. Because people are engaged. People care. When you ask them to say yes, they say yes because they don't want to hurt your feelings and they want you to succeed. So give them a way to help you make it happen genuinely and authentically and in a way that's easy for everybody. The third one is something Facebook call authentic communication. And Facebook are really big on this. They prioritize posts that they class as informative or entertaining above anything else in the Facebook newsfeed. Now, I know Facebook and Instagram are separate entities, but they're also run by the same people. So it's always useful to keep an eye on what's going on over on the sister side. Facebook is all about this idea of real life connections. And they're really heavily trying to bring that into Instagram as well. And given they know just about everything about us these days, they know who we're talking to on WhatsApp, they know who we've even been in the same room with potentially if you've got geographic data. It's not surprising that they want to use that information and they want to show us who we're most closely connected with. But for most of us, it's actually not awfully helpful for our aims. I think most of us here love Instagram because it's a way to connect with people that we don't already know. We don't already have a real life connection with. So it's kind of the opposite of what we're after. But the focus on authentic communication is still a really good one. I think in short, it comes down to talk like a human, even if you're selling, even if it's an ad, still be a human, still be authentic, still aim to communicate something. And that includes replying to people and showing up for people in return. So those are my top three. Essentially, what Instagram is trying to do is find out what your post is about and who is likely to like it. That is their aim. They're not trying to hold us back. They want to put our content in front of the people who want to see it. And if the sample audience it shows it to and expects to like it don't behave in the way Instagram is expecting, then it will tend to think that the post is at fault and it will stop trying to show it. This is so frustrating. A lot of the time, the real fault lies in the algorithm's sketchy guesswork or poor data But it's our job as the creator to give it as many signposts as possible to get us to the right destination. I'll wager that most of you here are already doing the majority of the strategies I'm going to just outline now. But let's recap and consider why they're all so helpful within this system. So click appeal and interestingness. Because the more clicks the post gets, the better it's going to score for quality and relevance. And if your post stands out and makes people want to see more, then you're going to be off to a really excellent flying start in that first critical engagement window. Posting at active times of day that we've talked about. Because the more people there are around to actively engage right away when you post, the more likely you are to get that great early engagement. And keep in mind here too that there are times when people might be browsing Instagram, but not in a position to actively engage. I'm thinking like, You might have a baby in your arms and not be able to type a sentence, but you're still scrolling through. So we kind of want to pick a time when people are likely to actually have their time and hands free to truly connect. And sometimes that takes a little bit of experimentation. Asking questions in our captions or our stories, starting interesting conversations, saying things that are going to elicit a response. Because we know 
conversation, authentic communication and comments all count in our favour. Prompting DMs maybe through asking questions or asking for suggestions or help, especially on stories. And using those story stickers because it all counts as engagement. It all helps people see our content. Being an active user. Instagram really likes users who are frequently active in the app. They would love us all to be on there consistently every single day. And gaining and contributing to a really regular and steady stream of engagement in both directions. So if you don't have a fresh post to promote, still try and find time to go in, like, interact, communicate. And try and experiment with the full range of features across the app, both as a creator and as a viewer. So if you're not using IGTV as a creator, maybe you could go and watch some IGTV videos from time to time just to keep it up there in your radar. Keeping your hashtags relevant and varied and fresh and making sure they fit the photo. So if you're tagging landscapes and food in the same picture, the algorithm maybe won't put you at the top of either of those lists and you miss that window of opportunity to be seen on the top hashtag grid. So pick the dominant feature and really go with it. Befriend some high profile users. Investing some time in building just solid relationships with your peers or with the accounts you enjoy and admire is a worthwhile endeavour, I think, just personally, but also within the algorithm. And I say high profile users, but actually just with your community, having those strong ties really benefits you in that authentic communication category. It really helps Instagram value you as a user. Engagement over followers. A follow now really, it means less and less because we're seeing that content success is so determined by its algorithm score instead of just the potential possible audience. So celebrate a comment like you would a follow. Nurture your community, even if it starts out with just your mum and three other random people, because it's going to grow. It's already growing our wager. Pour your energy into the metrics that really count and don't lose sleep over the ones that don't. Get out of your bubble. Engage more. Engage with different people. Find your people. Ride the success wave. So if you've recently had some unusually successful posts, keep going. Keep doing what works and engage with the hashtags you use, engage when you're not posting, engage just for engagement's sake. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. It's the best way to show Instagram that you're real and you're valuable and who you're real and valuable to. Keep in mind as well that what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for you unless you have identical audiences in mind. So experiment and find what works for you and keep tweaking your habits until you get a formula that is foolproof. Some things you can ignore. Every few months I will hear a new rumour spring up about supposed algorithm secrets and they spread like wildfire amongst the Instagram community. You'll see people radically changing their posting habits to try and fit in with these new spurious secrets. And in my experience, they're really very, very rarely true. So if you hear any of these rumours, as I'm sure you inevitably will, these are the things you need to check against. We know Instagram won't ever punish you for using the app as intended. So lots of people worried for a while that sending their own post to a group direct message via the share button was going to somehow make Instagram penalise them. This was a huge one for a while. People were terrified of it. People were sharing their Instagram posts with friends via WhatsApp instead because they thought Instagram would punish them for doing it within the app. Well, first of all, Instagram owns WhatsApp. So if they were that bothered, they could check put it there. But secondly... It would be so much easier for Instagram to just remove that icon on our own posts if they didn't want us to have the ability to send them. Instagram make it possible to share our own posts and you will not be punished for doing something Instagram made possible. Secondly, they're a business, so they're always going to do what is quickest and simplest. 
So like in that example, it would be so much easier for them to just code the system so that nobody can click on an airplane on their own post instead of having some secret scanning system that reads people's DMs, notices when they're sending their own posts and quietly applies some secret punishment. And the third one is to remember their aim is to show users the content they want to see first. It's not to ruin everyone's account. It's not to reduce visibility. It's not to make us all pay a fortune for ads. And it's not even to make us all cry. So with any suggested change that people might be telling you is happening, just ask, how does this help Instagram show the best content to their users? I can't answer that for that DM sending example because it really has no bearing on anyone if I send my post via a DM except possibly the members of that group. Programming your algorithm. So Instagram has this short process you can complete to customize which paid ads you will see on their platform. It's kind of like a bit of internal market research. It pops up from time to time so keep an eye out for it. Basically on each screen you are asked to choose between two promotional posts and select your favorite. If you've already answered it you should be able to find the answers you gave under your settings. I think it's under ad activity. This little test is really interesting because it gives us a glimpse into how the whole network of algorithms is really working. Every time you click on a photo or hit like or leave a comment the algorithm learns a little bit more about you. With the ads, it's trying to put you into a series of quite neat and tidy boxes. So do you prefer food posts or DIY? Are you more into lifestyle imagery or more clean catalogue shots? And then once it knows what you tend to engage with most, it can prioritise showing you those images, those kind of ads, but also perhaps from the accounts that you follow or who it might want you to follow in future. So this is where the Explore page can come in. A vast number of people even if it's not you, we use the Explore page every day to find new photographs, new accounts to follow, new content to consume. So many people love it and say it's really useful, it's their favourite place within Instagram. But lots of other people will complain to me that it is completely random for them, it shows them nothing they like, it's completely useless. So why are people having such different experiences? If you're seeing completely irrelevant content, it could be possible that the algorithm is confused about who you are and what you like. So if you interact with photos representing like cars and car repair accounts, but also flower flat lays and sci-fi toy collectors and um, slime making, it might start to confuse it to the point that like smoke is coming out of its ears. It doesn't know. Are you male or female or non-binary? Are you young? Are you old? Are you trend-driven or are you one of the nerdy types? Remember, it likes to work in these sweeping generalizations. It wants to put us all in a box. So spending a little bit of time and effort retraining your explore page is a really worthwhile enterprise, I think. Basically, you just go on, you see any content that's not appropriate, Click on the three dots that you'll see in the top right hand corner and you can choose show me fewer posts like this. Gradually you can train it to understand the kind of content you like and start showing you more of it. That might be helpful just in terms of Instagram understanding you and what you're looking for but it's also a really interesting way of getting hands-on with training one of these algorithms and understanding how little information it takes to pull it off course. And it's tricky as an account holder with probably debt quite diverse and varied interests because we're humans and that's one of our beautiful wonderful qualities and we want to be able to enjoy our account and engage freely and not have to worry that just one time searching for a Star Wars meme is going to mean we see nothing but Star Wars posts on our explore page for the next six months but it is worth keeping it in mind a little bit as you're engaging in the app. 
If you are liking lots of very, very different things like the examples above, maybe you want to consider having separate accounts to represent both sides of you. You know, we talked about topic and theme and style for the content we're sharing. So it's really just thinking about extending that to how you engage and whether it's worth it to you to have two separate accounts, bearing in mind it's very easy to flip between them in the app and have one place where you're dedicated to a certain kind of engagement. That said though, hold it with a light grasp because occasional variety is fine. You don't need to overthink it. You can always tell it to disregard something from your algorithm. It's a little bit like if you have ever been into your Amazon recommendations, sometimes it will pop up with something completely crazy. And when you look at why it's been recommended to you, it's because you bought like a CD 10 years ago for a random ex-boyfriend and you have to go in and say don't use this purchase to make recommendations for me. We have to tell these systems where they're going wrong and it will learn from that and it will make better decisions in future. 